0: So many people, we get exponential credit. So a couple more f- points about today. We went to see the bhajan kutir of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and I made a couple of points while we were in the temple room and I'm not sure how much you heard because there was a a, a, a saw going and then after that, there were some bells ringing, and do you remember the two principles that we discussed? Yes, Prabhu, and let's pass the mics around now. Is everyone okay? Yes.
1: We were discussing the, uh, the two principles that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Um, exemplified in his teachings and example and how he was able to expand the Krishna consciousness movement around the world. First being Yukta-vairagya, by being able to use everything in Krishna's service and not renouncing it in an immature way just simply for the purpose of appearing renounced. But everything can actually be engaged in the service of Krishna. And then you gave the example that he had his disciples wear shoes, had his disciples wear coats, shirts, and so many things in order to make themselves presentable. Then simultaneously you asked us a question, what are some things you can use in the service of Krishna? Cell phones, iPads, uh, microphones, so many things can be used. And then you um, segued into the second point, emphasizing that there's a class of men in India that put emphasis on um, being a brahmana is a birthright. But this isn't actually an appropriate understanding, that it's actually... Open to everyone who is willing to go through the process to become purified and elevated. And then you quoted, then you quoted the verse Aho. Uh, I don't yeah. So you, posed, you, you quoted this verse by Devahuti, which is giving Shastra Pramanam that even someone who likes to eat dogs can be elevated to the position of the highest position simply by chanting the names of Krishna. And then the
0: sauce started going and the bell started ringing. Thank you very much. That was such a nice summary. And I'd like to introduce a third point that comes from Srila Bhakta Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, which will be helpful to us as we go to various places in the Dham. And that is his explanation of darshan. Srila Bhakta Siddhanta Saraswati uh, says, that we're seen, we're not the seer. In fact, we can't see without the help of the sun, who is a, um, uh, we're interdependent with the devas. Uh, We have a relationship here that's interdependent. We are not independent in our sensory experiences here in this world. We depend on higher beings in order to uh, take in this stimuli uh, through our senses and then interpret it properly. It's all going on in a in a very um, mechanical way, albeit um, uh, it's it's very subtle. It happens instantaneously. However, Shilabakta um, is not. However, but also Shilabakta Siddham Thakur says that uh, when we go to Krishna, for instance, in the temple, then we're going there to be seen by him. And he emphasized a point which we can carry with us everywhere, and that is that uh, don't try to see Krishna, but work in such a way that Krishna will want to see you. If you think about uh, the terminology that we use commonly, If someone had a a slight ailment and you said, did you go see the doctor? So you go in and look at the doctor and then you walk out? (laughs) Actually, what it means is, were you seen by the doctor? Did you go see a doctor? Were you seen by a doctor is more accurate. And what does it mean when the doctor sees you? The doctor examines you, really, should, and nowadays they take blood, well, allopathic medicine, take blood, the, the Ayurvedic physician will take your pulse, some will listen to your heart, and so forth. And they examine you and they, they look in and see, like, what's going on in there? What are the inner workings? So when we go before the deity, according to our mindset, we may not be able to see Krishna there even though Krishna is there, and he is, there's none different from the deity. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw Krishna. In fact, when he saw Shri, uh, Jagannath, he saw Shamasundra Krishna, and he ran towards him to embrace him. Even kamar when he was in Vaikuntha, he didn't see Narayan, he saw Gopal. And this is mentioned um, in many places. Of course, a f- famous mention of this is when, Krishna and Balaram walked into the wrestling arena in Mathura, and there are various types of people there who observed him in different ways. The wrestlers saw him as a thunderbolt. The unintelligent saw him as the universal form. His The Vrishnis saw him as the supreme deity. The women there saw him as the ultimate Cupid, and so on, There were everyone ha- had a different perspective. The word perspective actually has the meaning that things that you individually pick up from your environment, you don't pick up the same things others do. We don't see the world the way it is, we see the world the way we are. So what does all this add up to? When we go to see Krishna, we're actually going to be seen by Krishna according to Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And of course, Krishna is always seeing us. There's never a point at which he's not seeing us and not attentive to us. It's just that I'm not attentive to him. This is what Gajendra says. He said, I'm praying now, but it's not that you're starting to notice me because I'm praying. You've always been tuned in. Uh, to use a modern metaphor, but you're now now I'm aware that I need help. So now I'm aware that you're there, more acutely aware. So consider also that the whole creation starts with a glance, doesn't it? Aikshita, is mentioned in a brief in the Vedas that. The Supreme Personality of God had glances and then everything happens. This is also there in the Brahma Sankhita and elsewhere, that the glance of the Supreme Lord. So, w- and in the Bible, what does it say? He saw? Saw that it was, it was good? In Genesis. Okay, so we have Bible Pramanam also. And, and so what does it mean when we go to see the Lord? Now, of course, when you see Lord Jagannath, he sees a lot. His eyes are, he's called, he's called Chakadola. His eyes are like wagon wheels practically and to see us. And we want to be seen by the Lord. So if Krishna, by his glance, makes creates the whole universe... What can you do for us if we just go and present ourselves and say, please make me fit for devotional service? And he glances, with his very glance, he brought back to life the coward boys after they had entered into agasura, And there they were. Um, They had expired and Krishna just looked at them and brought them back to life. He can also bring us back to life. So when we go to see Krishna, we can remember that we're presenting ourselves that here's my spirit of service that I bring before you. And that's one of the concepts that Srila Bhaktis Saraswati Thakur talked about regularly. In fact, he practiced it, although he needed glasses for far vision, oftentimes he didn't wear his glasses. And when some would say, "Um, Guru Maharaj, please take glasses, he would say, I didn't come here to see, I came here to be seen. And... He sometimes would stand at the back of the temple at the Garuda Stamba. Garuda is always there ready to serve Krishna. And there's a pillar with Garuda on top in most temples. And he would sometimes, Srila to stand at the back under the Garuda Stamba because he said when Krishna looks out, he'll look at his devotee, Garuda, and he'll notice that I'm under his feet and then all be considered favorably. And of course, those of you who go to see Jagannath temple, you'll notice the Guru Dastamba at the back of the temple. And that's where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu resolved to stand to observe uh, Jagannath or be observed by him whenever he went for Darshan. After the first time and he became ecstatic and ran towards the altar and couldn't contain himself, he decided to stay way at the back so that's a third principle of of shila bhakti siddhanta saraswati talk about. so now um we have um uh, an opportunity to uh, meet some more devotees so if you would be so kind as to take a 5 minutes now to um meet somebody that you haven't met yet find out their name where they're from why they came here to Jagannath Puri in the first place, and um, I saw who you met yesterday, so if you, <laughs> I didn't see anything, but Krishna saw, and he's watching you, but please pick somebody new, that's more fun, pick somebody that you haven't met, you don't even know who they are, where they're from, and if you can do that, and just introduce yourself, and then we'll we'll meet back here in five minutes, is that okay? Yeah. On your mark, you set, yeah. meet. Hare Krishna. But that was no fun, right? No fun. Okay, a lot of fun. Yatra is first, and what other things? Remember from yesterday, if you were here, and service, because if you are determined to do service, then you'll be welcome everywhere you go. What's more, they'll, you'll always have plenty to do. That's constructive. Whereas when we're trying to be served, then it's very difficult. So service association and being in the Dham to develop this sense of attachment for everything in relationship to Krishna. Now we have opportunity to share some realizations from the day. Consolidation is always really important because we take in so much. huddy huddy huddy. We take in so much and then to examine what, what we've taken in and consolidate it, put it in a place that it can be useful to us in our practice and also in codifying it so we can relate it to others, so help them in their practices as well. So... Let's take a, a moment to hear whatever kind of realizations you have from the day. Prema.
2: Hare Krishna, Maharaj. So I was, I was thinking about, today you spoke about uh, dog eaters and what to say about, like me, like I was a cow, me- a cow eater for, for many years. Um, since I was 14. So that's one one part, because we see in the Vedic culture that dog eaters is very bad, but what about cow eaters? And the other thing was um, I heard the other day that if one is attached to the opposite sex, that's not very good for growing in, in Krishna consciousness, I mean, to develop. Good concept, but if you are attached of, of, if you are in association of one that is very attached for, uh, women or men, um, that's worst. And in the opposite way, if you are attached of Krishna, that's good. But if you are attached for those who are attached for Krishna, that's great. So that's
0: our <laughs> nice. Very well. Okay, we're sharing realizations, and also if anybody has a question that they want to bring up that you think will expand a certain topic in a way that will be helpful, then do that. Hare Krishna,
3: I have one observation. I was just thinking that when we were at Chodak Gopinath, we were, um, we, were ta- we were speaking a lot about Gadalar Pandit. Uh, uh, um, and when we got to uh, uh, Chatak Parvat, we started speaking about Yukta Vairagya. And, I, and, and immediately my mind went to the pastime of Gadalar Pandit and his guru, uh, Pundrik Vidyanidhi, who was an exemplary of, uh, of Yukta Vairagya, uh, because he was maybe externally he was dressed in like fine robes and oiled hair, but then he could cry for Krishna just, uh, just on uh, recitation of that one verse, So he had real love for Krishna, but externally he was uh, well situated materially.
0: So, yeah, that's another pastime of Ganadhar Pandit, which Prabhu has brought to mind. And just that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to pine for someone and the devotees didn't know who it was. And he would call out his name and the devotees were speculating about who it was that Mahaprabhu was so attached to and was so anticipatory about arriving at some point. There is one person who knew about him because they are from the same ancestral area and his name was Mukunda. And when Pundarik had come to the area and Mukunda knew he was there, he had informed Godadhar Pandit that there was a, a great devotee and would you like to meet him. And gadar Pandit is known as a very learned person and also, that's hence the name Pandit, as well as a very simple, pure. And he said, of course, I would like to meet him right away. And when Mukunda took him to the house of Pundarik Vidyanidi, he noticed right away the trappings of Pundarik, which didn't look like a externally like somebody who is spiritually advanced he looked more like an extreme enjoyer which was evident from the opulent bedstead that he was on it was better than tempur-pedic he had silk canopies his hair hair is a big deal the way we take care of our hair i mean it's billions of dollar industry So his hair was a big deal, it was oiled, it was curly, it was styled, and so forth. And everything around him looked like uh, there was some sensual intent behind it. In in fact, he was served by uh, bejeweled servants who were fanning him, and he was resting on one of those, sort of was a couch bed at the same time and so forth. And then it came into the mind of Godadhar Pandit. He didn't say anything that this is a devotee, this is the sadhu he wanted me to see. And then of course as Prabhu mentioned that Mukunda then understanding the mind of Godadhar Pandit recited one verse from the Bhagavatam and then Pundarik Vijaniti went into one of those uh, fits of devotion where he f- flailed his arms and was unconsolable for hours in fact he first thrashed everything in the room his hair went haywire and broke all the pottery everything as they were trying to restrain him and finding it impossible until he went into a a trance and was and stayed that way for a long time So then Godadhar Pandit thought, I made an offense and this is why Godadhar Pandit brought it up to Mukunda, I think to alleviate this offense I should take initiation from Pundarik Vidyanidi and Mahaprabhu approved that and they did it on an auspicious day. One of the points there is just that uh, the devotees take very seriously even what they think about others. That came up when we were in Navadvip because Nirkula had mentioned that Mata had not said anything about Advaita Acharya. He, he just, she just thought it because she, he gave open Bhagavad Gita classes that her son went to, uh, her eldest son, and he had taken sannyas. So she thought he's not Advaita; he's Dvaita, which means that he's a divider. He's not uh, one with Krishna. And Mahaprabhu knew that and therefore he took her to task on that and she had to alleviate the offense by coming to Advaita Acharya. So it's a pastime remembering how subtle the feelings are of the devotees, how they notice even what they're thinking and what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sees also in our minds. Uh, Other reflections or questions? Oh my goodness. Okay. Would like a trade-in on the mic?
4: Okay. Um, I really like the point where you mentioned about Darshan, and uh, it's actually a continuation from what you said yesterday, like where you said that uh, Bhaktisiddhan Sunwar Maharaj uh, told what will they see. At, um, when a uh, few devotees went to take darshan without hearing the class so um, maybe i was just thinking that's why in indian vedic culture um, the philosophical systems the texts are also called darshan right because only if you apply your mind in reading them will we be able to take darshan in its true sense <laughs> and and uh, I was uh, just thinking that um, somewhere I heard this quote uh, the eyes cannot see what the mind does not know right? and um, something like if I see an MRI scan or an X-ray scan I might still be seeing it but it doesn't make any sense to me because I am not trained in the field of medicine right? so that was uh, very touching what you said but I do have a question on uh, the Yukta Vairagya since we've been speaking about it um, quite often, I was just uh, wanting to know is there a, a wrong Yukta Vairagya? Like, could I be applying it whimsically and uh, maybe my mind uh, tricking me into thinking that, oh yeah, uh, that is Yukta Vairagya? So is there some way for me to know what yeah. is the right and wrong way? told
0: the story about Gopal Ban. You know Gopal Ban? He was a rascal. So, he did all kinds of rascally stuff. So Gopal Ban, his his uh, friends used to criticize me He said, "You never offer anything to Krishna." And in, one day, Gopal Ban was coming back from his agricultural field, and he had a big basket full of grains. And a gust of wind came, and it blew those grains high in the air. So it was like a cloud of grains floating down. And he goes, "I offer that to Vishnu." <laughs> this is called. After the fact, also there's a a way in which the intention is really important. That's uh, Krishna says in the Gita, "Brahman Yadaya Karmani Sangantakva Karotiya Lipitena sapapena Padma Patram ivambasa. That if you're offering truly the result of the work to, to me, Krishna says, then uh, it's it's in the realm of true renunciation. There's no residue from that. So the the motivation has to be there. Just like, let's just take an emotion, because you can offer your emotions to Krishna also. You can lose your temper, or you can use your temper. It's very rare actually though. And oftentimes people become angry and then they'll justify it and say like, yeah, I meant to do that. but. You didn't. You got mad. And you you lost your uh, composure. Uh, however, it is, there is a case in which uh, Arjuna used his anger. Prabhupada mentions it. So we have to be attentive to, and honest to see, am I really in control? Am I really attached or not? I need this, or do I need it for my service? There's a difference between the two. So we have to be careful, because there is a way in which in the name of taking things that we can cross back into a sense of enjoyment. Um, Prabhupada mentions it in context of prasadam. He says prasadam is completely spiritual and purifying, but if in the name of prasadam we um, stuff ourselves um, as sense gratification, it's not we're just eating more and more for our own senses, then it can also... Uh, start to affect us, and it's not the same as taking it with a mood of service that you're honoring Brissado. Okay, there was a couple more. Okay, and then we're going from Arjuna Manjula-Kanta then right over here.
5: This is about book distribution, so I... Was kind of hesitant. Um, to Why would really... you hesitate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a different separate conversation. Okay, all right. But um, you know, <laughs> you know, the hundred percent guarantee was yeah, was how in it my work mind. Out. Yeah, absolutely. So the first person I met, we met Preeti and Chaitanya Priya. So it was, um, I was, I was shocked that it worked like the lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> And then the second person we met, you know, said, this is Dharmic boy, like Bengali person who we met and said, you know, this was very, like, just a natural thing for them to take it. Like it was just done deal. Like, okay, whatever we can give, it's so easy. Like we can give 20 rupees, 10 rupees, whatever. So it was as if um, the Acharyas and goswamis were actually in their root, like, you know, they were there and helping us do this service. It was that feeling that, you know, this can't be so easy. It's actually them who are here and they are teaching us something instead of we doing some service. So that was just just the realization. And of course the acharyas and the the mood was, of course, after that we went to so many um, temples, the Kathas, all of that kind of uh, linked in my head.
0: Well, I'm delighted. That's so nice. Manjula Kanta. We'll bring you the mic. Full service operation.
6: Hare Krishna Guru Mahaj. Um I was very happy I could come for the trip, very unhappy Yay! I missed the first day. <laughs> <Hare Krishna. laughs> I know. I was, I was, um, I had to visit my in-laws and then come. And when I was doing that, I remembered how you told me about how important it is to have balance in your life. You cannot have just one thing and overlook the others. And then I was coming in the airport and I was thinking, well, everybody's gone to Dada and I've missed it. And I'm the... I'm, you know, still coming, but I had a wonderful conversation with the the cab driver, who said who spoke so much Prabhupada sense to me, and I was just looking at him and thinking, you know, the Dham is not just a place; it's the people who live there, and um, it's so nice that when we come to the Dham, we not only get association of our own, but we get the association of the devotees at the Dham, and so many uh, opportunities to learn from them, and I really liked what you told. Um, about uh, not judging a book by its cover. Um, because a lot of times when we visit temples, when we, when we go out there to book distribute, we realize how many um, unnoticed assumptions we've already made in our mind about what a person might or might not be. And it's really nice to have this opportunity to break them down again and again. So very grateful, Gurmaj.
0: Thank you very much. Nice observations. Okay. One, two, three... Four. Go ahead,
5: hi Krishna Maharaj. Um, I was trying to connect uh, what you said yeah, in the morning about the different uh, energies of Krishna, the external energy and the you know the internal energy, uh, the living entities, and then the yukta vairagya principle, which is sort of saying that even the external energy. You use it for Krishna in an authorized manner, like based on the permission from your spiritual master and from the you know the authorized scriptures. Then it turns into you know the internal energy, and everything becomes absolute
0: again. I was trying to connect. These you know, are very important points, and you know, electricity obviously is a very useful energy, but it has to be managed properly. And all the energies of the world are usable in some way. but you have to manage them properly. If I whimsically use them, then just like with electricity, if you're not careful, you can electrocute yourself with them. And with the material energy as well, it's very fascinating energy, but if, I'm, if, I, if I don't go through the right steps and utilize it properly, it can also uh, sting or also electrocute me. So taking authorized um, authorization and how to use things, I noticed that advanced devotees go by that principle. In fact, that's the principle Prabhupada mentioned that was the basis of his success, that I'm doing this under authorization. I have no qualification except that I'm f- following the order of my spiritual master. And I noticed that sometimes... Uh, Devotees, they'll say, like, okay, they're independent, they're advanced, whatever, but just like some devotees will come and visit and they're going to give a class and they say, please tell me what you want to talk about, what you want me to talk about and how I can be the most service and so forth. They collaborate with others. They get a consensus. They, they make sure that they're lined up when they're doing whatever they do. No matter how expert they are, they're careful to not do it independently or have this sense of ego that... I'm doing it on my own, but always remembering that it's Krishna that's working through me. I think Devavrata... Okay, you were for a long time. Go ahead and then Devavrata Prabhu. And then when Hanayi Pandit Prabhu gets back and Bhagavat Prabhu, then we'll sing our way out. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
3: My name is Prema Avatar Das from Atlanta with my family. Prema Avatar. Yes, Mark. What a
0: nice name. Thank you, Mark.
3: Thank you so much for allowing us to be here. We're deeply grateful. Um, So uh, yesterday and today, you've allowed me to enter into the Dham in a very special way. I was thinking about how hard spiritual life is, what a long, gradual, journey. It can be of ups and downs. And uh, and so I was thinking of that verse, uh, chapter 7, I think verse 3, out of many thousands of, millions of men, uh, you know, so many, oh, so few even aspire for perfection, sort of thinking, wow, this is just a long journey. It's not easy. And I don't know how many lifetimes it would take me. But um, the way you shared your realizations over the last couple of days allowed me to believe that actually uh, it, it, it conjured uh, this, this realization that here, not only am I in the dam, a very special Dham, there's so many Dham's, but a very special Dham, but I get to chant in the Dham, I get to worship the deities in the Dham, I get to associate with devotees in the Dham, I get to participate in Srimad Bhagavatam in the Dham, and and not only that, each of those things are exemplified, because we are all doing it together in the dham at the at the same time. So, uh, I realize that it actually doesn't have to be that hard. <laughs> we can we can take take advantage of these very rare and special opportunities to almost like. Um, You know, I I feel like the acharyas have kind of, Krishna says this, but acharyas have given us cheat codes, like gamers get cheat codes. (laughs) They've given us these cheat codes to make uh, extraordinary advancement in a very short period of time, and I'm kind of feeling that right now. So I want to thank you.
0: Hare, Hari. I didn't know about cheat codes. I I didn't need a cheat code. (laughs) Devaratha. Hare Krishna. Cheat coat? I thought it was code. That's what I said. I mean, I don't mind having a cheat coat either. She got me one. It's this coat where you can put extra weight in because they don't charge you for that. We didn't need it so far, but it's got about 80 pockets in it. (laughs) That's a cheat coat. Okay, go ahead.
1: So I was just uh, reflecting how you know i've been fortunate for the past year to spend the majority of my time here in india and i've traveled extensively to different parts of india south india west india north india and um this is actually this is my first time in sri setra and uh I, there's been few moments that i've had in while living in india where i feel that this is vaishnav culture where like something really stands out In an Arissa, it's been moment after moment after moment after moment. The people are so connected with that flow of energy constantly. And what particularly stood out today was the Tota Gopinath Temple, how after we had the program, generally what I've experienced, and this is nothing against anyone, but after you have a program, sometimes there's a push for a donation for the temple, which is okay. It's, It's a good thing. But I was appreciating how, after the end of our session, they wanted to give prasadam, and they were very um, eager to do it. Actually, I was walking out the door; they're like, "prasadam, prasadam, prasadam." So I was thinking, when we were taking prasadam, that this is Vaishnav culture. This is this is um, what the spiritual world is: is these exchanges of love. We came to do Krishna katha and then the way they reciprocated is wanting to give prasadam. So I was appreciating that, and so many moments like that here in Sri Setra, I feel.
0: Yeah, I felt that one, too. In fact, uh, Bhagavad Seva Prabhu gave me um, some rupees. Because everywhere we go, on behalf of the group, we always give a, a donation, a sizable donation. And so he handed me the rupees, and I tried to give them to the devotee who was arranging the prasadam. And he was like, "No, no, no," <laughs> which was rare. And, and then he finally, I said, "No, we want to give you this. We really appreciate the work you're doing here, the service." And you know, he took it, but he had no motivation to uh, to take rupees. And uh, I also noticed that since we, when we came here w- with the youth uh, on Christmas Day, and we started going to Tottocopinas, we started developing a relationship with them. There's, uh, I haven't seen him yet, but there's a sadhu there who kind of runs the place. I think he's the Mahant, but maybe he's out of station for a few days. But, uh, you know, he was doing his whole set of mantras before the doors would open every day. And it was really nice. We were tuning into it. Some of the songs we knew, some of them we didn't. But then, as he, I noticed he was looking around and he started noticing all these kids, really bright kids. And then, like, on the third day we got there, he pushed the Madunga toward Bharat. I don't know how he knew Bharat was a, a, you know, a Madunga prodigy, but he gave him that. And then, you know, he started handing to the young women the gongs and everything like that. And that was a loving exchange, you know, like it's a kind of way of saying, you're in our group. I mean, if you give somebody a madanga, you're taking a, <laughs> a leap of faith. <laughs> so, you know, to see that when you come together and that there are different kinds of vaishnams and then when they do their prema dvani and you hear Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri like, hey, we're in the same gotra, we're together, you know. It, it's nice to make those connections.
1: And just on top of this point, Radisham Prabhu and I were speaking about this when we were taking prasadam, that this culture in contrast to the West, the experience that it has specifically on people who are raised in that culture their entire life, to come in and see an alternative, I think is so important for devotees, particularly that were born in the West, to come in contact with and see the potential for what is there when people are properly aligned. Um, And just to contrast those two things is extremely important, I feel.
0: Yeah. As far as generosity and prasadam goes, Prabhupada was meticulous. Any darshan he gave, he always gave prasadam. And if somebody left early, he would notice it and he'd have somebody chase after them, make sure they got prasadam before they left. So, anyway, this has uh, been our... Yesterday was a kind of introductory day, and today was our first day of Pardkram. We're adjusting the schedule as we speak to um, see where we're going tomorrow because of a few um, changing um, aspects of our uh, that are changing. So uh, we'll report that in a, in a bit uh, where we're going tomorrow. And um, today was a great success. We spent a day together in the dom, and we heard Enchanted. And now we're going to finish with one bhajan, so we we can go to sleep with a song in our heart. What do you think? take that. We're going to do a a song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Every song Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote was a hit. Which is amazing. I mean, he wrote thousands of songs. He wrote hundreds of books. He was a, a judge. He had 11 children. That's not nothing. And he was in charge of the Jagannath Puri temple for some time. He was so sought after in various regions of India that people would make special um, signing bonuses for him and everything like that. And in fact, they're gone now, but when we're in, near his house, when we go to, um, huh? Say it? Then he Then there used to be a little train track. I would love loved that as a kid. I mean, there was a little train track that the government built just for him to take a train to work, a, little, a minute, like what's that miniature train track doing here, it was for Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So he wrote all these songs. He is really the powerhouse that's bringing down Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message and vibration into the world. His son Saraswati Thakur picked it up and passed it through Srila Prabhupada who passed it on.